Kaylee, in this episode, we have a a guest star, a, a young lady who joins the team. Her name is Morgan, and we'll learn more about her later. But um, there is this ongoing joke in this episode, and it cracks me up, where Sean is just trying to get anything from her. A hug, a handshake, a fist bump, a high five, and she just denies, 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 denies. And while I was watching the episode, I was like, man, if I was Sean, I'd be like high-fiving myself and fist bumping myself because that's what I do when people don't return my high fives. No, I do a lot of this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you just got to finish it out. I, uh, I only ever call this character Conrad. Because we don't learn her name is Morgan for a while, and um, or at least no one calls her mm-hmm. that. They refer to her as Conrad for a while. And so that's how I always have it written. Um, that's better than me, because I had her written as Lady for a really long time. <laughs> and then finally I realized her name was Morgan, and I was like, ah. Yeah, so if you hear Conrad coming from me, it's her. We, we have a ton to go over. Oh, yes. We're gonna we're gonna reference every time she denies Sean. It's it's funny because sometimes he just comes up with his own reasons that she's <laughs> she's denied him. Sometimes he repeats reasons, but um, I think we should get into it. I agree. Showtime. This is to, to the, the blueberry. I am Alexis, and I'm a real-life Gus. I'm Kaylee, and I'm a real-life Sean. And this is a psych rewatch podcast with us, uh, mostly because we wanted a reason to talk to one another every week, and uh, rewatching psych is fun, so we started a podcast. (laughs) Super rad, Alexis. Super rad. (laughs) This week's rewatch episode is Season 3, Episode 12. Kaylee, I cannot believe we are almost through Season 3. It's gone so fast, even with all the troubles we've had. Yeah. It's gone fast for season three. I it dawned on me when I was okay. We'll talk about the opening credits in a little bit. But when when um I was watching the opening credits, I was like, oh my gosh, so that many was scenes. The, yeah, that was a long okay. Sorry, um, <laughs> the episode season three. I'm sorry. Yes, the episode season three, episode twelve is called Earth, Wind, and Wait for It. That's a stand-in for fire. <laughs> <laughs> Which I say a lot this episode. <laughs> I didn't catch the the fire like you did, um, but I appreciate it. I yeah, it just comes up so much for me because it's like something that they they say the actual word fire so many times, but they like do. every time we switch to a scene where like a fire has just happened or it's the firehouse, in my notes I just went fire. <laughs> Cause that's where we are now. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of that, hence why we gotta wait for it stand in. But it's 1987, and Henry is lighting his grill. Oh yeah, it's our first instance of fire because it just like he put so much lighter fluid on he this did. grill, and it just like erupts. And Sean runs into the backyard from like the shoreline, and he's wearing this red plastic fireman's helmet, and he's like, "It's very cute." You're never going to believe it. I know what I want to be when I grow up. Sean wants to be a, a fireman. fireman. Henry's like, uh-huh, yeah, do tell. Fireman Paul came to the school today and talked about fire safety and being a fireman. And uh, Henry, in a very salty manner, goes, um, he wasn't 
or he finally wasn't drunk enough to do that, I guess. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, you mean he was actually sober? Yeah. I mean, ooh, the shade. I don't know if this, like, fireman-policeman rival, like, exists in real life, but it's a trope in shows. It's a, it's a trope in older shows. I feel like, because anymore, I feel like they work together. Cause I think about, like, The Rookie, and in The Rookie, they're definitely, like, a team. But we just got finished watching Tacoma FD, which is just, like, a really dumb comedy that I would recommend. Um, and they're firemen, and they hate, hate the police officers. Ooh. Oh, also, the police captain is um, the redheaded guy from My Boys. No. Yeah. Love that for him. Isn't it? Yeah. That was another one of our shows. That was. Um, you can't you can't uh, stream My Boys anywhere easily right now, so. So that's why we're not recapping it yet. <laughs> but if it changes, we shall be back. Okay. Uh, fireman Paul's not drunk. Henry's like, you will not be a fireman. You are going to be a cop. Why do you think I'm teaching you all this stuff? But, Dad, they're so cool. They get to carry axes. They are not cooler than cops. Sean says, oh, come on. Cooler uniforms, cooler trucks, cooler sirens, and they get to carry axes. Yeah. Henry's like, um, I get to carry a real gun with real bullets. I'm like Dirty Harry. Can yeah. you even name a famous fireman? Smokey the Bear? <laughs> Henry goes on this rant that's like, Smokey is a bear, and he poops in the woods. Do you want to be like Smokey the Bear? Fireman Paul said you'd say that. And it's... <laughs> It's the most outrageous line for baby Sean. It sounds like something Sean would say just being ridiculous on purpose. Mm -hmm. Because no one's going to know that Henry's going to be like, you can't be like Smokey the Bear who poops in the woods. You don't want that for your life. I, little, little baby, baby Sean. Sean, though. Yeah. He's, he's beautiful in this scene because it ends with him like, fireman hosing fake fireman hosing the grill and then henry and then walks inside oh yeah oh the sass on this little boy and henry kind of lets it go so whatever but mm -hmm. we get to the present and it's a very dark scene and there's splashing and dousing of things and we see the outside of the building that is 8660 there's liquor and he's throwing cigarettes around and then fire <laughs> my notes say Creepy building, someone pouring vodka, drops cigs, lights it up. <laughs> yeah, that's, yep, that's precise. <laughs> um. At the Santa Barbara Police Department in present day, Sean and Gus are trying to figure out what's going on in Chief Vic's office because she never closes her blinds. The blinds are closed and the boys are freaking out like they're birds caught in a window. Like they're just like, they're just like fluttering around the windows trying to get a peek through the blinds. Juliet comes in, they're like, hey, what's going on? And, and she gives them the quick rundown that there was a uh, building burnt under su suspicious circumstances. And uh, the arson investigator is looking for some backup. Oh, yeah. The fire was on Benedetto. I guess that's the street. And then yes. Sean's like, dude, we're backup. And, and then, then they get a fist, fist bump, bump and a what? Okay, so there's a lot of this, which is why it's easier to track this episode, because usually we get one, maybe two, and it's just constant. Yes. 
Uh, and so all the catchphrases. <laughs> number one. That is what number one. So then they walk in all interrupty into Chief's office and they come in hot with the fireman's cliches. I didn't write them oh, down. Something about Oh, I no. did. Okay, good. Excuse us. We're looking for a fireman. He's probably wearing a yellow or red hard hat, maybe carrying an axe, possibly a large bucket of sand. And Gus goes, and a Dalmatian. <laughs> so before we move on, if you look at Chief's desk, just to the right in front of Morgan, there is this little tiny pineapple. Oh. And it's like, um, it's like, a, um, I don't know how else to describe it besides a rushing nesting doll kind of thing. Like the top half of it comes off. I, I had in. one like that. That's so funny. Yeah. That's where our pineapple is this episode. It's very cute. And I love that they put it on Vic's desk because like, you know, she's the like one. Yeah, she's so it's much more serious. It's one thing when like Lassie's carrying it, but when Chief Vic has it, it's like. Well, like, I don't, I, has Lassie been carrying it before? Well, I mean, he had Lassie his carried groceries. One in, the, in the, yeah, in the last episode. Yeah, it was in his groceries. Um, And then it's one thing for Henry to have those in his house because he's got like a freaking tiki bar, but. Right. <laughs> um. So the chief is like, um, barring the rude interruption to my closed meeting, this is Miss Conrad. She's the arson inspector. And Miss Conrad, Morgan Conrad, will not shake Sean's hand. She says, I'm not going to do that. Sean makes up some excuse like carpal tunnel here? No, he literally just kind of he kind of looks at Gus and he goes, OCD. Oh, that's... Like, obsessive-compulsive. Yeah. <laughs> Morgan starts talking, and Sean just stands up and goes, Listen, I believe her. I can feel in my powers that Lassiter is skeptical of this. He's like, yeah, she's an arson inspector. Of course she wants it to be arson. <laughs> I'll, I'll pause here to say that the actress who's playing Morgan Conrad, our guest star, is Melena Govich, who has been on lots of stuff recently Chicago Med and Chicago Fire, and also Law and Order. Oh. So the girl is uh, playing to type, I think. <laughs> so Rescue Me. I did see a, a fun fact about Rescue Me. She played a character in Rescue Me, which was a show about firemen. Yeah, it was about, it was it the 93rd? A firehouse in New York City, right? Sure. Um, And... Conrad says she's there for the files because she wants to check the crime in the area. So she wants some of to look, to get a look at some of their files. And Sean's like, ooh, ooh, I can do that. Chief Vic is questioning why Sean knows where the uh, file room is. And Sean starts acting like a lawyer. Lassie cuts in and he says, you're not going to let him do that thing where he only speaks in courtroom jargon, are you? Because he has already said irrelevant and immaterial. And <laughs> Sean goes... He's clearly making a mockery of these proceedings. At one point, Morgan asks Vic if she can remove him, which I thought was kind of a, an easy nudge to her also using courtroom jargon. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Mm -hmm. She also calls him an idiot to his face. That's true. Um, after he says that she makes a compelling argument, and after she calls him an idiot, he's like, less compelling, move to strike. <laughs> so he goes, actually, <clears throat> sidebar. And he kind of takes her aside and he goes, listen, I can help you if you let me. I 
and he sort of psychs out and she goes that's exactly spot on and 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 he's really just psyching out with the information that Juliet gave him yeah exactly like he he's not being psychic for real here you guys everything's good and Sean goes chief I believe we have a match made in heaven so we get lots of puns in this episode which I appreciate (laughs) I do too um, and then I wrote fire scene. Yeah, we're at the burnt down building on Belasid or whatever that that thing is. Benedetto. Ben Benedetto. And um, Morgan Conrad starts kind of describing what she knows about the fire. So it kind of started over here and it moved in this direction. And in comes Army Johnson, who is her supervisor, who is Richard Real. Real. Pronounces. Yeah, last that's name? how I wrote it too. Um, who you know. I didn't write down his credits because you just, you, if you watch this episode, you you know this man's face. Yeah, you know who he is. Um, I did see, I did see a couple of his credits. Um, one of them flagged with me that I probably, like, is where I probably knew him from, but of course I don't remember it now. But, like, you, you'll know who, you know who he is when you see him. Yeah. Uh, he slides into the conversation that she is a rookie. And um, he absolutely does not believe that it was arson. Yeah, he's like, listen, we get calls about kids, you know, trying to find places to party all the time. And Sean's like, yes, I'm getting something. Um, Teens who need a place to hide out and make bananas foster. (laughs) The last time this city had an arsonist, I was still on the big red truck, says Mr. Army Johnson. And uh, Sean notices something weird going on at the wall. Well, first he just sort of zeroes in on one of these exposed walls that has, like, insulation poking out of it. Mm-hmm. And then um, Army's like, listen, this place wasn't fire insured. There's no motive for an arsonist. And she starts saying there's no motive necessary if they're a firebug. And he's like, yeah, um, that's not a thing. And she starts talking about how there's a sweet odor reported, which means there was a more of an accelerant than just the liquor. And that's when Sean zeroes in on this other wall. He points out to Gus that that wall doesn't have any insulation in it. And Gus is like, dude, that's an external wall. So it's kind of weird that there's no insulation in an external wall, right? Right. So Sean has a full psychic moment and goes, Gus, what's happening to me? Mm-hmm. And then picks up a pipe and breaks the wall, only to have a skull rolled out. It's not just arson. It's, it's murder. murder. And we get a full-length opening credit. Lots of new scenes show up in this in the credits. Yes. It's very fun. Uh, g- glad to see it, but oh my god, how the time is flying. Well, it was like, like, like we see the, um, we see the Namine blueberry in the credits. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that was, oh my gosh, that was the beginning of season two and we're near the end of season three. Like, oh. oh my God. I don't know how else to describe it besides the Namine blueberry. The Namine blueberry. I knew exactly what you meant. Immediately. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So after the credits, we're in the morgue and thankfully we don't get a M.E. who isn't Woody. Um, they've right. given that a rest for the moment. Sean is like, I'm, I'm sensing that this man, is it a man? I don't, I've got nothing. We can tell by his pelvic girdle. girdle. <laughs> yes, that he's most likely a, a male skeleton. And Gus is like, ew, burning. That's 
What a way to go. But he did not burn to death. He was shot. Laster says they pulled a twenty-two slug out of his sternum? There was a downward direct trajectory of the bullet, which is execution style, and we get a good old-fashioned lassie manhandle shot. Yeah, he pushes him down to his knees and pretends to, like, execute him. And um, so we, we're kind of getting that the fire wasn't trying to kill anything, but probably destroyed oh, it. We missed a pop culture reference. When, uh, when he stands back up, Sean goes, trim that fingernail, Ming the Merciless, which is a original Flash Gordon reference. Oh, I knew it was something. I didn't write it down because I didn't recognize it. I'm not Flash Gordon-y. So the fire was to uh, cover up and destroy evidence of the crime. And then there's this really awkward snatching of files back and forth competition for handling of the case since now it's a murder but also yes it is arson and so it's blah morgan is like um listen lassiter i this is my i told you so face and sean said something like um it's the same as your oh this is a rerun of law and order face which is funny because she was on law and order i don't know if she was on it yet i didn't check the timeline sean goes there has to be some there has to be something that can encompass both an arson and a murderer. Assassin. Assassin. The accelerant traces are confirmed. I, I didn't write down the name of the accelerant, but you can get it at any hardware store. And And it's like the base material of TNT. Yeah. And Lassie says, listen, we've got to keep this arson thing a secret. We need this killer to think he's gotten away with it and that everybody still thinks it's an accident. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it's already out of the bag. But we don't know that yet. So anyway. <laughs> Sean also tried um, carcassonist as a alternative to arson murderer. Um, and then p- picks up the skull and looks at Lassiter and pretends to talk with the skull and goes come here often no lassiter's holding the skull and sean goes up behind it and he goes come here often that's it but gus backs up our assassin he likes it better yeah i agree <laughs> lassiter was being all serious with the skull it was like very like hamlet he was holding it and sean it was made a mockery of the proceedings they're walking away and um morgan walks really fast yeah the boys are having a lot of trouble keeping up and um She's like, listen, I appreciate you uh, helping out thus far, but I really prefer to work alone. And um, once again, she refuses Sean's contact. Mm-hmm. I forget I forget what he tries to do to her, though. <laughs> that sounds bad. I think this is another fist bump. And Sean... I think this is the first fist bump, yeah. Oh. And Sean says something like, you know, Sun Tzu said teamwork can be very sensual. And she walks away before he can, like, say any more. And uh, that's an art of Gus goes, art of war reference. Oh, that one I didn't catch. <laughs> Gus goes. Um, are we really just gonna like let her do this alone? Gus, don't be William Zabka from Back to School. <laughs> Sidebar: um, William Zabka, better known as Johnny from The Karate Kid and now Cobra Kai. Okay. Yeah, he was in the movie Back to School that stars Rodney Dangerfield. Um, that movie also has a very young Robert Downey Jr. in it, and the music is done by Danny Elfman, who was in an 80s band before he's the composer Danny Elfman that we all know and love today. And he, he, in the trailer for the movie, because I watched it, 
Um, <laughs> there's a there's a, a rock band on stage moment, and Danny Elfman is in full eighties like rock mode. It's nice. hilarious. I want to say Banana Rama, but it's not Banana Rama. It's um, Oingo Boingo. Oingo Boingo. That sounds a lot like Banana Rama, so I feel that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sean's like, we need to go talk to the fireman because I think it might be an inside job. Oh, and Sean has based this entire theory on the backdraft ride, which he has ridden 74 times. Yeah, because Gus asked him how he knows all this about, like, oh, only a fireman would know to set start the blade somewhere else and move it towards the body because the first place they'd check for the accelerant is the origin point. And, um, yeah, Sean's been on that ride so many times. And Gus is, mm-hmm. Gus is like, well, you, you can't base your entire theory on a movie. And my favorite line. There was a movie? <laughs> so, this... <laughs> This terrible movie, this terrible, terrible 80s movie stars one of the Baldwins, not an impressive one, probably Billy. Um, And it's about firemen and it's about an arsonist. And our firebug does indeed, spoiler alert, turn out to be a fireman in that movie. So it's very like Inception-y that they keep talking about it. Firehouse! They walk in, they introduce, um, Sean introduces himself and then introduces Gus as... Step Anthony Wally Ollie cat stuck in a tree. Step Anthony Wally Ollie cat stuck in a tree because he he's like a fireman enthusiast himself. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a really weird intro. I had to like keep redoing it to try and pause on the words that he was saying about Gus. Yeah. Mm, I didn't like it. I only got Step Anthony the first time and then I realized there was a lot more to it. But uh, they're introducing themselves to Chief Dan, Fire Chief Dan. And he is played Played by by Bruce McGill. Yes. (laughs) He got his really big break in Animal House as D-Day. He's been in Rizzolian Isles as a recurring character. He was in the movie Wildcats, which we talked about a couple episodes ago. But yeah, he's booked and blessed. You know him. You'll see him. My my first love of Bruce McGill was my cousin Benny. Oh my gosh, he does. And he's real young. Wow. Uh, But I wanted you to put a pin in that animal house because we're going to make a jump to that in just a second. Ooh. The very first thing they say uh, to him is, you know, we need to t- we need to ask some questions. But first, uh, is Fireman Paul here? We need to see him. Yeah. He'll remember us because in <laughs> this funny story, Gus accidentally peed on him and I gave him impetigo, which is not fun. I just shake my head at that. No. He walks him over. He's like, hey, come with me. And they go up to a memorial of... Uh, the fireman who died in a fire of eighty of ninety eight. The wrinkle fires. And we see a picture of of uh, Fireman Paul, which is an actual picture of the director of this episode, Tim Matheson, who was in Animal House with Bruce McGill. No way. I, I was looking at the picture and I, I was like, this is somebody, this is an Easter egg of some kind. I'm not looking it up. I'm so glad you did. So I know him from the Brady movies, from specifically the very Brady sequel, which is a movie that I watched obsessively as a child. He was the bad guy. Wait. And so his, his picture will forever be burned in my brain. And so when I saw him, I was like, why are they using this guy as the picture? And we find out that he's the one who directed it, and he was in Animal House with 
with Bruce. Wow. I didn't see I didn't catch that it was him. Uh, yeah, look him up. You'll I didn't know you'll, he was a you'll director. see it. He directed the episode? Uh that's what Amazon told me. Weird. Okay. Wow. Well, good for him. So, after the boys introduced themselves, Chief Dan said that he recognized him from something Conrad said. Like he said, "Conrad told me about you. You're the psycho." Yeah. Which is an Easter egg for the nickname of the fans of the show. Right. Psychos. Go us. Um, and then there's a whole thing about hokum. And there's a whole <laughs> lot of hokum talk. And I didn't write any of it down. Oh, it's only that he says, like, he doesn't like randos uh, interrogating his guys, especially not based on uh, some kind of psychic hokum. And Gus flat out says, hokum? Well, hokum found evidence of accelerant at the scene. Um, so we want to try a little more hokum to try and get somewhere in the case. And the chief is like, like, whatever, fine, do what you got to do. But my guys are still going to get their jobs done. And he calls over a guy named Minetti, who I recognize, you may recognize. I didn't recognize him. So this is Ty Olson, and he was a recurring character on Supernatural. I think he might even be showing up in the prequel alternate universe series right now, The Winchesters. Hmm. Um, he was, I think he was some kind of a creature that Dean met in a different, like, purgatory dimension or something. And, um, I don't know, he was like a friend. And... Yeah, and I see him in a lot of stuff. Like, he, he's a character actor, so he shows up in stuff all the time. I was mm-hmm. terrified. Like, I couldn't remember who the bad guy was in this episode. I was terrified it was him because he's getting a name. He's getting, you know, we're learning about him. What we do learn is that um, he is a bad A, and uh, they got that fire out in 33 minutes. Oh, yeah. One of the trainee rookie guys is like, yeah, thanks to Minetti here, he put it out in 33 minutes. Such a boss. So impressive. And yet Domino's can still get you a pizza in under 30 minutes. But we learn that he's a former cop. And it's time for training drills. And Sean's like, oh, yes, we're supposed to do those with you. Um, We need to get our questions answered. And that seems like a great way to do it. He's like, yeah, I thought it was a a weird ask to um, believe me, we'd rather be doing anything else. But here we are. Would you grab us a couple of those costumes? Uh, Uniforms? I've heard it both ways. What? We finally get it. And it's not the only one this episode. Yes. Ugh. I this is this is I think this is our second official I've heard it both ways. Our third meh, 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 one because the first one maybe didn't count because it was I've seen it both ways. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. but yes, and then it comes back around and it makes me so happy and I think from here out it becomes a very standard. Like this episode very distinctly makes it a thing. Um mm-hmm. We find, like, I didn't write down a lot about these scenes and these training things other than we find out that um, one of the guys remembers it was kind of weird. The building was completely empty. There was no furniture or anything in the way. Um, we, yeah, there was also no people anywhere. Um, no, no sign of people. Everything was deserted. There was no one um, who missed their shift last night there. And then finally, um, Sean asks if, Anybody has a criminal record. Before we move on, the song that's playing in the background of the training montage is called Ladder 49. Oh. 
I didn't. I get all my fun facts from Amazon. Uh, <laughs> da, ba, ba. Um, the Manetti does not answer, or the guy giving CPR does not answer because the guy is using Gus as a CPR dummy. Yeah, it is Manetti, and Gus is like, "How much of this do I have to take?" So Manetti stops. Um, oh, also, no suspect suspicious persons were seen in the crowd after they put the fire out. Um, mm-hmm. And Sean was like, oh, come on. He has to keep his CPR um, license. He needs to practice on a live person. Um, He's definitely going to use a tongue guard for the mouth-to-mouth, so it's not even really like you'll be kissing him. I just, like, want to go on the record that you do not practice CPR on human people. It's not a requirement to keep your CPR certification up to date. And if you're doing it right, you're breaking people's ribs. Oh, yeah. So you don't want to test CPR on other people, but it's important for the episode that that happens. Yeah. And then the alarm goes off and Manetti says, this is not part of the drill. You guys can't come. This is for real. Everyone load up. Gus is like, um, we should not go. And Sean said, yeah, we're already in uniforms. They won't even see me driving the truck. <laughs> and Gus says that he thinks they should stay behind. Uh, he lists the whole thing. Oh, we should stay here, get some gelato, and read the fire department's report from the comfort of our not-on-fire office. I like the gelato reference here. Yes. And Sean says, come on, you get to drive at full speed behind the, the truck. And Gus is like, all right, fine. Repeat after me. We are not going into a burning building. We are not not going into a burning building. Bet. Gus says bet so many times in this episode. It's like they were trying to make it a catchphrase, but, like, it didn't happen. Yeah. Because I honestly, until we started this rewatch, did not remember how often he says bet. Which is pretty often now that I'm, like, now that we're rewatching. Yeah. I was like, what is wrong with me? So maybe it's Gus's catchphrase. Or one of them. Um, anyway. Oh. Scene of the fire! At the fire. <laughs> Captain Dan is already there. Fire Chief Dan, not Captain Dan, sorry. <laughs> Captain Dan. Fire Chief Dan. Um, yeah, he tells the boys who say, I thought you went home, um, that he is just keeping an eye on things from the outside and, and securing the perimeter, and then they hear him over the walkie tell them that the first floor is secure, send more men up to the second floor or something. While they're talking, Sean sees that the that uh, Fire Chief Dan has like some stuff in his hair. Yeah, some weird crumbly, dusty kind of stuff. And um, Sean's like, we gotta get in there. I've gotta see it. I've gotta smell it. No, you promised me we were not going into a burning building. I actually didn't say that. Come on, you know I'm, you know fire's attracted to me. I don't, I don't remember. remember. Of course it is. Look at you. Blair Underwood can't touch you right now. Did you look up Blair Underwood? No, but I know who Blair Underwood is. (laughs) Something new. Sex in the City. New Adventures of Old Christine. Uh, oh. He is a... Oh, he's... Um, oh, Miranda's... Um, yes. Sex- sexy friend. Yes. Oh, uh, I did not know his first name was Blair. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, uh, I know who Blair Underwood is. There's no need to look him up. Okay. Well, I um. did, and I'm not sorry. Um... <laughs> <laughs> And um, he says, Sean's like, we're going in. I need the super sniffer. Also, um, Gus says Blair Underwood never played a fireman. They run into the building. 
Sean's like, Sean's like, tell me what you smell. Tell me what you smell. I need to get a look at the ceiling um, before it got charred. And then um, Gus is like, definitely smelling something sweet up in here. And then. <laughs> All the while he's uh, crawling on the floor because he needs to stay below the smoke. And then they start walking through and there's a big creaking. And then the floor above them collapses right in front of their eyes. And Gus is like, need anything else? Nope. And they run away. <laughs> They're outside, like, like breathing in oxygen, and Manetti is yelling at them. And he was like, if I was still on the force, I would throw you two in jail. But Sean says, this was no accident either. And is the chief our guy? Because he had bits of the ceiling in his hair, and he said he's been out here the whole time. So he's lying about something. We have found our arson murderer. Fire arson? Fire arsonman? Señor Pantalones de Fuego? Which translates to Mr. Pants on Fire. Mm-hmm. And then they put their oxygen back to their faces and do a low-down fist bump. Back in the morgue. No, uh, no, not Woody. Because they found another body in that fire. And correct me if I'm wrong, do we have both bodies sort of on display at the same time in this room now? I think I only saw one, but... It was in, like, pieces, so it was hard to tell. They were, like... Conferring over the fact that, ah, yes, a second arson fire meant a second body. And Morgan Conrad sort of mouths slash whispers nice work to Sean. Did you just give me a compliment? (laughs) Um, And then Jules says, we found something interesting. There's a unique purple rubber melted between the Vic's shoes. It had flecks of real gold in it. Those are Jet Jaguars. They're the ugliest and most uncomfortable sneaker in the world. And Gus had a pair. They were only released in 98 and immediately discontinued because they were found to cause polio? (laughs) (laughs) They're like, dude, why would someone be wearing 10-year-old shoes? Well, Lassiter also says they weren't that bad. And Sean is flabbergasted, but we learned something weird about Lassie, he says he has an elongated metatarsal and inverted flange? Flange? What does he say there? I don't know. In- inverted flanges would mean that his toes face the other direction. Yeah, I don't... He said something else weird after elongated metatarsal, so he has to, like, wear what fits. And I was like, what's up with your feet, bro? <laughs> 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 but Jules is... is a gas that someone was wearing 10-year-old shoes when they decided to be murdered. Sean's like, uh-uh. This person was murdered in 98 and has been in that building the whole time. This is an old body, not a new body, wearing old shoes. And why would they wait so long to burn the evidence? Well, the building was built then. So was the other one from the first fire. And then Sean goes, what? And tries to get a fist bump and gets denied once again. So Lassie says he wants a list of all the other buildings built in 98. And Sean is like, wait a second. That's a thing you can just get. I want a list of all the Zoltar machines. For personal reasons. For a little 14-year-old friend of mine. (laughs) Um, Which is, of course, a big reference. And uh, Juliet gives him a solid thumbs up to that. (laughs) She's so into it. Um, Mm -hmm. 
we get another uh, fact that this e this fire was really easy to put out because there wasn't a lot of good ventilation on the second floor. So no oxygen meant that the fire didn't spread as well up there and the guys got it under control really fast. And if you remember, Minetti put the first one out in like 33 minutes. So this is just hammering home to Sean that this might be a fireman because he's not trying to put the fireman in harm's way. He's just trying to destroy evidence and he knows how to set it up. We're back. Oh, where are we back at? Firehouse. <laughs> and Gus is like looking at himself in the mirror um, and he has a bruise on his chest from where they were doing CPR. Sean slides down the pole and is like, hey, what are you doing? You're not supposed to slide down that pole without me here. But you're here. You're standing right here. Gus is very upset because Sean gets to slide down poles and he was stuck tailing Fire Chief Dan all day. And there's no Dalmatian. And they don't even have a Dalmatian, Sean. <laughs> I'm just saying. It'd be nice to see one in their natural habitat. They're not indigenous to firehouses. <laughs> so Gus says that, amongst other things, Fire Chief Dan got a picture framed of him, John Denver, and the Muppets. And apparently Gus loves Gonzo, we find out. Hey, Gonzo was a shot boy. Okay. Um, he also... What? There was another what? There. <laughs> he also spent over an hour deciding what rototiller to buy. And Sean makes a weird reference to it that I didn't catch. It, it, it's, it's weird. He just goes all Something about boy. Jeb and the consumption. Yeah. So he's like, well, that's a very important decision. Ever since, ever since Pa got the consumption and Jeb is to run the farm. Something like that. Anyway... Um, then he spent all this time on the cell phone and he thinks he heard him ask someone about the accelerant and then he ran to the firehouse in a panic. In comes Fire Chief Dan and Sean and Gus are like, oh, we got to hide and they hide on top of the fire truck. Yeah, I wrote sneak sneak and then they end up on the truck and they see him go into the all purpose room and Sean's like, there's only one way in or out of that room. So I've got a plan. Hit it. And then Gus goes. <laughs> so Gus grabs an axe before they run into this room to to because follow him. I don't play with killer Sean. <laughs> so they run in and there's a room full of children and Manetti's also there and he's not happy to see them. They claim that they're there to help with the field trip presentation. Uh always remember to put out your cigarettes when you're finished smoking them. And everyone's just uh, shaking their heads. Right, right. I'm sorry. I mean don't smoke in bed. In, in restaurants? And no matter what people tell you, pipes are not cool. No smoking! No smoking at all! Yells the teacher in desperation. And then the boys get, like, shoved out of the room by Fire Chief Dan. And... And, uh, Sean accidentally switched his cell phone with Fire Chief Dan. Fire Chief Dan's while they was in his pocket. Because he was being roughhoused and his hand ended up in Fire Chief Dan's pocket. Don't ask questions. He pleads the third. Um, the third is your constitutional right not to help people in the military. You plead the fifth. I've heard it both ways. Gus literally goes, what other ways have you heard it? <laughs> <laughs> so they look at the phone and it turns out that Fire Chief Dan called five different hardware stores. And Gus is like... We got it. He's looking for the accelerant. That's our guys. And Sean sort of weirdly sings, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I was like, is that, a, is that a thing he's doing now? I don't remember that one. <laughs> they invite Morgan back to the, the psych office and uh, she said that it's a death trap. What are you talking about? I don't go anywhere that's not safe, let alone work in place. Your fire alarm is a paper bowl with an M&M stuck to it? 
Sean took it down because it kept beeping during seance week. Sean, where's that Ryerson uh, alarm I bought? Charleston Chew. And offers him... It is now a candy bowl. A candy bowl. (laughs) Some other big issues. There is a fire plate on the ground with papers next to it. There is an overloaded socket. And um, Sean says, I like soup and I like to read. Does he say I won't apologize for that? That's the thing. I think he does. That's the thing he likes to say. He says, we think it's Fire Chief Dan, and this is why, and his phone may or may not have left his person. That's a completely different crime. We'll investigate that later. Morgan is like, actually, that kind of makes sense, because he always pushed back against the idea that it was arson, told me it was an accident, hated it when I asked questions of his guys. And she's like, well, when are we, when, what are the cops going to do? They're like, we haven't exactly told them yet. We kind of thought this could be your bust and you could make the move if you wanted to. She is so flattered that they decided to tell her first. And Sean feels like this is a hug moment. And she is just like, "Mm, no, and turns and leaves. And he goes, rotator cuff. And then we find out there's another fire. Fire! And another body. And Morgan said to Lassie and Juliet, who were already there, hey, listen, I just want to let you guys know we will be taking in Fire Chief Dan for formal for a formal investigation. Um, it's going to be a problem. He's sort of dead at the scene, too. The skeleton in the wall is not the only body they found at this particular fire scene. They discover that Fire Chief Dan died from asphyxiation. And um, Sean sees marks on his chest that look an awful lot like those bruises on Gus's chest. Yeah, so we sort of did a quick change over to the SBPD and we're looking at pictures from the scene. So it's pictures of Chief Dan and Sean um, notices the CPR bruises and Lassie is like, WTF? And Jules comes waltzing in and goes, oh my gosh, we just got a break. The newest body had an ICD. They make those for men? Sean's kind of like, ew. And Gus tells us... Is that a, is that an IUD reference, you think? I think so. That's what I got from it. Okay. And Gus is like, no, it's like a pacemaker. Um, but it had a serial number on it, so they can tell the manufacturer, they can tell the hospital, and they can tell who their victim is. It went to Stephen J. Wrinkle. The criminal? The fire starter of 98? But not uh, the kid in Family Matters, as Sean assumes. Yeah, that's uh, Stephen uh, Urkel? Yeah. And uh, that's a fun reference to put a pin in for later times. Um, They bring in a whiteboard with all of Wrinkle's known associates from back in the day. And fun fact, most of these guys have dropped off the grid completely since then. Sean kind of looks over them, the pictures of them, and then um, has a flashback to the first body that they saw. And the guy had a large... What does he call it? A large aisle between his front teeth? <laughs> he goes, he's trying to tell me he was murdered, but he's doing it poorly because he speaks as a whiffle. And the rest of them start calling him Gap Guy because he has kind of gappy um, upper teeth. Sean, or I'm sorry, Lasseter said that all of these guys disappeared about the same time. They thought that they had run, but someone must have been hunting them down and killing them off one by one. The only person who's shown up on anybody's radar in the past... However many years it's been since 98 in the show is this guy named Brody Lambert. So is it Brody or B- Bodie? Oh, did I say Brody? I meant Bodie. I wrote Bodie. So my notes say both, just for the record. 
And every time that I say read Bodhi, I want to say body. Okay, so it's um, I wrote down that it is a Point Break reference because Swayze's name was Bodhi in Point Break, and it was short for Bodhisattva, which is like a person who leads others to Nirvana and like kind of makes that sacrifice of the of their own journey. Anyway, <laughs> is that what um um the Tiger King? The second Tiger King calls himself. Tiger King? Did you ever watch Tiger King? On Netflix? Yes. Oh, do you mean, oh, do you mean that weird guy who has like the sex cult? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I don't know. I don't remember. We watched it. It was a hot mess. I'm scarred for life. I think that's what he calls himself. Ew. uh, I know. It's so much cooler when it's Swayze. (laughs) Sean's like, oh. If there's one guy left, he could be the furderer, which equals fire murderer. Lassie says, we're going to issue a bolo. You're going to buy all these guys bolo ties? It stands for be on the lookout, which, fun fact, we get those at work. Do you? Yes. When there's, we're such a large financial institution that if something shady happens at one of our branches um, and they get footage or knowledge about it, they send out a bolo with as much information as they can provide us in case we encounter these people. Huh. Yeah, it's like a like a fraud alert, sort of. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so when he said furderer, my mind immediately went back to the Disney movie Luck of the Irish that Timothy Amundsen was in because he's a bad leprechaun, and a bad leprechaun is called a fair Derek. Oh. And that's just what it reminded me of. It, it's probably nothing, but that's what my brain did. <laughs> Sean and Gus are like okay here's the plan Morgan you go see Army you follow the buildings we're gonna follow the bodies because we need to figure out what's going on Uh, you you, no hold on Sean and Gus and Morgan decide that they're gonna go see Army so that they can see the buildings Sean wants to follow the bodies we find out that all of these buildings all these buildings were built the same year as the Wrinkle Fire Yes, in 1998. None of them are for sale. None of them are for sale, but Conrad kind of confirms like a good uh, a good place to drop a body or hide a stash a body is a, is a construction site. In comes Army. They ask Army for the the files. Army says no. He needs the paperwork, and he said paperwork is paperwork. It's the basis of civilization. Um, it's only Sean and Conrad and Army in his office at this mm-hmm. point. And then the fire alarm goes off. And, uh, Sean and Gus end up sneaking back into the office while they are evacuating for the fire alarm because they're firemen. And, um, Sean's, or Gus said, good thing we had a plan B. Gus, te- or Sean tells Gus that he smells like peach drops or peach something. You smell like a peach meadow. That's the incense I used to set off the fire alarm. Why didn't you just pull the pull the fire alarm? It's right there. Um, <laughs> he says, that's a crime, Sean. I'm not culpable. The smoke set off the alarm. I don't know what Gus says next, but... Oh. Or what Sean said next, but Gus said, you can't plead Billy Preston. Oh, so what happened was... <laughs> Sean asks Gus, well, who lit the incense? And Gus says, I plead the fifth. And then Sean says... Element, Dimension, Beetle, and Gus says, you can't plead Billy Preston, the fifth Beetle. I'm happy you caught that. because. <laughs> All right, Gus finds the record, 
uh, of all the buildings, and they all have SR written next to them. Seismic retrofit? These buildings are not earthquake safe because of when they were built. So they've been evacuated so that they can be brought up to code. That was supposed to start very soon. And in order to bring them up to code, they have to open up the walls. But there are... So there's a whole list. The person who's setting these fires clearly knew this was going to happen. Sean's like, hey, dude, let's go. Like, like, quick, like you should, you should make it snappy printing out that list. Gus thinks he has plenty of time. (laughs) And then the sprinklers go off. But they got the list. It's just a little damp. And then they're outside with Conrad. Sean said, there is going to be another fire. It's somewhere on this list. Morgan goes, are you sure? I'm Al B. Shore, watching Diane Shore apply Shore roll-on while watching The Shore Thing. Oh, that's really Shore. That's all day Shore. (laughs) Conrad calls him a strange but extremely effective person. And then he asks for another fist bump and gets denied once again. And this is where he says, carpal tunnel. And then Gus punches him. (laughs) So. (laughs) The bolo came in and the sheriff found, what's his face? Boldy. Bully. Body. Bodie. There it is. I had to get there. Bodie? <laughs> the um, the Barstow police spotted him under one of his known aliases at the Motel 6. And then Lassie walking through the precinct going, Dobson, get me Barstow PD. I want no one going in there until we get there. Oh, Dobson. So we get like a sort of disembodied voice saying yes, sir, at one point, but we still haven't seen Dobson. They're at the hotel, they're in the room, and no one's there. Um, I don't have a lot for this scene because I had too many notes already, but I just wrote, Hotel Nab. He's hiding in the ceiling. Sean spots some dust on somebody's shoulder and then pokes the ceiling and the guy falls out. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. They're in interrogation and Bodie is not talking to Lassiter. Sean zeroes in on this. It's a bracelet, right? It's a ring. Oh, it's a five-pointed star or a pentacle because it's a ring. And um, Sean says, I sense that he's a very superstitious person. Maybe he'll talk to someone on a higher ethereal plane. But he has to go get something first. Yeah, he has to go outside and get something off the ground. Yeah. And then he (laughs) walks into interrogation and he has a leaf behind his ear. And he's using this like weird like surfer voice. It's like a weird, smooth, cool guy voice. It's terrible. You want to do it? You want to do it? You do it. Well, uh, basically, he introduces himself. The guy doesn't want to hear from him. And then finally, Sean's like, okay, that's cool. Just a word of advice. Don't drop the bar of soap. Oh, super original. No, dude, seriously. There's so much bacteria on the ground. And I only think they issue one of those a month. (laughs) That voice is great. And then he eats the leaf. Why are you eating that? Raw leaves are what the Earth Mother allows me to eat. It banishes all negative entities. Are you a fairy? Hardly. I've seen little darlings like 11 times, but I am a well Wiccan. Okay. I don't think that fairy was Bodhi asking him if he was gay. No, he wasn't. <laughs> um... That's the way Sean took it, and um, Little Darlings is a crazy movie starring Tatum O'Neill and Matt Dillon, among other people. Yeah, it's very, it's one of those sexed up 80s movies, mm-hmm. teen coming of age things. But um, yeah, Sean pretends to be a leaf-eating Wiccan, and they're bonding, and he continues doing this weird voice, 
And the guy's like, no way, you're not a Wiccan. And Sean's like, huh, I'm a level eight. I would be a level nine. But my pollen allergy. He asks for Sean's like, like secret signal. He says, what's your coven? And Sean's like, say again. And he goes, your passphrase. And he's clearly clueless. But then his eyes snap back and he goes, I don't know you, man. Same time. And then they sort of do like a one, two, three. Narnarian. Uh, yeah, 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 what? yeah, yeah. That, that's, what I, that's what I said. We said the same word. <laughs> <laughs> Sean does not know it at all. Um, We're connecting and, he, and I can help you. He's like, yeah, we're just two weirdos vibing. I dig you, Bodie, man. <laughs> I got the message. Or I got a message and, and Earth Mother knows that you were the one who lit the fires, bro. I don't have anything here for a second. I don't have until, like, not him, the other guy, so. Yeah, yeah, so so that's how he responds. He was like, dude, it wasn't me, but there was this other guy ten years ago. No, it wasn't that. It was like, he doesn't deny setting fires. It's when Sean's like, to cover up all those murders, they found the bodies in the wall. That's it. I didn't have it written down, though. And he's like, whoa, whoa, brother, I didn't kill nobody. And, like, they're both doing, like, this, like, surfer guy voice. It's like, <laughs> I cannot. He's like, no. It was that guy from, like, all those years ago. It was revenge for killing those two firemen in the, in the fire in 98. Somebody grabbed him, took him to a building, and tried to execute him. But the gun didn't work. And he ran for it. And, and then he found Wicca and reformed. And Sean is like, cool, 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 cool. Say more. Was there, like, I don't know, an address or something? <laughs> <laughs> Bodhi doesn't remember anything because he had a bag on his head, but he or doesn't remember seeing anything because he has a bag on his head, but he does remember hearing a lot of birds chirping. Like hundreds. And then Sean does this like really awkward like knuckle bump <laughs> with him. And then Wicked Brother like, out. <laughs> That's it. Oh man. So then we're on the phone with Henry, who's talking to Sean as he's walking into the psych office. Sean is like, um, we know somebody is starting these fires to get revenge of the Winkle fires. And um, Sean was like, I it, it might be a rogue cop. Yeah, he's like, I think it's a fireman, but we can't rule out cops because they're targeting criminals. And then Sean goes, what about Mrs. Mugglesworth? Sean's like, the cockatiel I had? When I was a kid? Uh, yeah. His parents took her to a bird sanctuary when she did not die. She definitely 100% didn't die. And um, Henry's like, uh, she's definitely dead. Your parents lied to you. We do it sometimes to spare your feelings. He's like, no, that's not what happened. She's still there. And Henry's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you've seen her since you guys dropped her off? Apparently she has some she has some disease where all of her feathers would fall out if she was seen by human eyes. So she's in a special so she lives in a mirrored cage. A special mirrored cage. And Henry's like, Yeah, your bird's super dead. Sorry. Your bird hit the big one. Sorry, pal. And Sean's like, Yeah. Not everyone's pets can go live on a special wheat farm like my rabbits. They remember that this bird sanctuary is on third and D. 
and um henry says that's where the daedalus building is and that is scheduled for demolition tomorrow so if it's it's scheduled for retrofitting tomorrow oh yeah so if this is gonna happen this guy's going there today but oh no they sent morgan to check all the buildings yeah so they're trying to call conrad they can't get her on the phone um and then it cuts to her knocked out on the floor someone's dousing the room and it's all dark dun 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 at the building phone on the ground so is morgan more vodka and then we get the they come in in the blueberry yeah, blueberry screeching into sight sean still can't reach her on the phone um so they go inside like instantly and they run to her they see her they run to her and only then do they look up around them and they see the bad guy a nice shadowy face of army, army johnson? johnson gus is like sean he's about to light this place up he's got a lighter in his hand right now start talking stall him till help gets here we get kind of the full breakdown the recap at this point yeah um i'll, I'll do a rapid fire he, he killed these guys because they set the fire that killed two of his colleagues um those colleagues served with army when he was a fireman he became an inspector and discovered that buildings were a very good place to hide victims in walls Fire Chief Dan figured it out and caught him in the act, but it was too late. He tried to put out the fire because his fireman instincts kicked in, and Army tried to save him, but couldn't. Even tried to give him CPR. The entire time, he's trying to sympathize with Army to keep him letting them stay alive. Army, <laughs> Army says, like, I couldn't let those guys get away with it. I had to hunt them down. I'm not sorry I did it. I watched my friends die they had families it like it killed him and um sean's like well what about chief dan he has a family he was innocent he didn't deserve to die and that was an accident and sean says well what about morgan what about us do do we deserve to die are you prepared to kill us army's like you're right but i just can't live with this anymore and he sets himself fire, on fire. That was insensitive. I couldn't help it. Um, but Gus, Gus coming in for the clutch. Dude, Gus is like, get her out of here. And he grabs some mat or something and flying tackles him to put the, the, the fire out. Juliet and Lassiter arrive outside. They're like, okay, everything's going to be fine. We're here. And the building Explosion. Oh my God. There is a really tender moment. I don't know if you caught it or not, mm -mm. but when the... When the explosion happened, when they cut to Juliet, Juliet and Lassiter, Lassiter was literally like covering Juliet. Completely. I missed it. Yeah, it's it's very it's very like like hyper masculine, but also like very loving. I don't know. I really. I mean, it. who would you shield with your body in an explosion? I love that. Anyway, Juliet yells, "I see someone coming out!" And we get a silhouette in the doorway. Hero music playing in the background. Slow motion. Sean carrying Morgan Conrad. Whew. Got Morgan out. But here comes somebody else. Gus fully just like body carrying Army over his shoulder like he's a sack of potatoes. He's got like some real weak legs and he almost falls over but they catch him. And um, they get Morgan on a stretcher and she gives Sean a fist bump. It happens. Sean and Gus are trying to tell everyone what's going on. They're trying to give the recap, but they can't talk because they're coughing. And Gus finally goes, 
he's the bad guy. Everyone is shocked, like flabbergasted. And that's that scene. And so we go to our last scene. In the... Firehouse! Uh, and Gus has become a vi- volunteer fireman, and he's doing the grunt work. But he's a total hero to all the rookies, because he's already stopped an arsonist, saved a life, put out some fire, solved a murder. Been too. inside two burning buildings. Yeah, yeah. So Sean's like, well... In honor of your new uh, role as this super cool, awesome hero volunteer, I've brought you a little surprise. It's your very own fire dog. Her name is Lady Godiva. Uh, I'm pretty sure that this is a boy. It's also Chinese crested with painted on spots. And Sean's like, huh, a boy. How interesting. And it's already been cleared with the new fire chief. All Gus has to do is give it all its medication that is very special at the certain times and feed it and walk it and take care of everything. And uh, if he doesn't, Cruella will turn him into tiny earmuffs. You wouldn't want that. <laughs> Sean turns around, walks over, walks away, screams, goodbye, Lady G. <laughs> and Sean, er, Gus goes, I'm pretty sure these spots are painted on. Sean, Sean. And Sean is like, gallivanting away on his own and then we hear a siren and the dog starts to howl with the siren it's so cute that is one ugly dog i love the chinese crested and don't you remember it from how to lose a guy in 10 days i do (laughs) i thought it was an ugly dog then (laughs) they're so cute they're kind of scraggly and ragamuffin-y they're so cute i love them (laughs) (laughs) so Three big guest stars, one pineapple, two, I've heard it both ways. Yeah, lots of, lots of cool, lots of fun, lots of, um, lots of fun references, lots of fun catchphrases. (laughs) Bet. What? I've heard it both ways. So many fist bumps. Very cool talking. (laughs) No hair references, though. (laughs) It's, uh, yeah, it's just a good episode. Like, I, I just enjoy this episode. This one was so fun. I was so afraid that Ty Olsen, our um, uh, Minetti, was the bad guy. I was like, oh, no, they keep referencing how he was a cop, too. He's the perfect mark. But I think he was just our red herring. <laughs> yep, he was. It was good. Oh, that was fun. No, I like that one. I also like that his name is Minetti. Why? It's a very, it's a very um, Italian stereotype. To be a fireman? Of a, of a fireman. I mean, I'm into it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's because you have a very Italian husband. I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Alexis. I told you, Sean. Firefighters are trouble. I did everything in my power to keep you off the pole. <laughs> and I'm Kaylee. I'd follow her, but she's walking at cougar speeds. <laughs> and this has been... To the blueberry! Psych out.